Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. The boys are cool and comfortable at the D, downtown Las Vegas. Smile, boys, as we say hi. Kickoff week four. Careful now as we lay it on you. The Lions in division at Green Bay, where they've had so much trouble throughout the years, although did eliminate the Green Bay Packers from playoff contention last year in week 18. But remember, Thursday night football is a better. It's a condensed practice week for coaches, decreased recovery time for the players, and also limits kind of availability for media. So a lot of the questions coming into this Monday night tilt between the Lions and the Packers are about injuries. Let me give you the number, and then I'll introduce you to the boys. I'll say hi. I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you're having a nice Thursday as we open up. It comes quickly, doesn't it? As we open up Thursday night football. We've got two right now with the Lions laying it a point and a half earlier, blanketed across the board. I just saw a book go to two and a half, boys, so that could be a sign of things to come. However, DraftKings is showing 110 on the two. What does that mean to a new better? 110, that's a pretty solid number. It's not moving right now. 45 to 45 and a half on the total. Okay, we open it up. We got a busy show. Amal Shaw, how are we feeling? Feeling good. I'll tell you what, this is an interesting series, and I can't wait to get into this game. I don't know if people realize, but this has been a series of streaks when you go back just over the course of 15 games here. We saw the Packers win three in a row, then they lose four in a row, then they win five in a row. Now they've lost three in a row. We're going to get into the uh, number of injuries that they have. It's going to be crucial, and this number is kind of slowly starting to tick up. It should be a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, it's it, it really is. And and you mentioned it. There's been dominance, though, for the Packers. You know, my whole entire life, when we used to go to the Silverdome, big guy in Pontiac, Michigan, the cheeseheads would come to town. And what do I mean by that? I mean legit losers from, like, Wisconsin that would come to town with these cheese, like, like things that were made out of styrofoam on their heads, and then we'd fight because we were losers just like them. <laughs> However, Green Bay and Lambeau, the last 30, the Packers straight up 28 and four over the Lions. Now, remember, the Lions did sweep the Packers last year, including in week 18, as I mentioned off the top. But again, Thursday night, always tricky. It's cracking, big guy. You said 28 and four? 28 and four, last 32. Well, think about who was that quarterback for that entire run there. That's why this game is a little bit different. Jordan Love ain't that dude, unfortunately, for Uh-oh. all of you who love to get cute with quarterbacks. Sorry, folks. It's already been written. He is mediocre at best. Move on. I have an easy bet tonight. We're going to walk away and not lose a, an ounce of sleep over it. <laughs> well, there's somebody. Amal Shah, are we going to be able to fit? Now, you've, you guys are broadcasting from a big casino. Yeah. I'm just from a studio in Los Angeles. But the question with the big guy dominating over there on the picks page yeah. amongst the leaders, are we going to be able to fit with his big-ass head on this show? No, I don't think so. That's a good thing. We have a ballroom over at Circo we can make use of because the ceiling's here only probably about 15 to 20 feet high. I don't know if it's necessarily going to fit him. See, I'm surprised that's Amal's response because Amal feels like the kind of guy that believes when you're up, you pound your chest 
rest, you have more bravado and more confidence, and you fire till you miss. Well, that's accurate. I didn't say you shouldn't do that. I'm just talking about <laughs> for the purposes of this show. I'm the type. We haven't heard an, a good I'm, I'm the, the type, type of guy <laughs> in, a, in a long time. I, for one, would freaking welcome it. Now, what we do have is we do have a common opponent. So we should start there. And I look, I'm not going to be objective today, fellas. So I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I'm the sticky guy when talking about the Detroit Lions as a 45-year-old man that's seen one playoff win that can legitimately just say it's the freaking Lions. However, they do have some, some significant momentum that was if I'm being honest a very impressive one of the more impressive performances and they didn't do anything in the second half offensively against the Atlanta Falcons but they just dominated the Falcons uh, 20 to 6 winner they outgained Atlanta 358 to 183 Atlanta gained just 40 yards somewhere right around there on the ground against this Lions defense which has been awesome and the defense will be a theme Maul and Dustin for me as we get to our plays on Thursday night now the common opponent is Atlanta. Green Bay, of course, went to Atlanta week two, a 25-24 loss, where they were outgained in that matchup against the Falcons, 446 to 224. And Atlanta in that matchup, which is important on a short week for a Lions team that's going to want to run the football, gained 211 on the ground. So again, this early, Amal, it's kind of key that we can look to a common opponent, that being the Falcons with the Lions and the Packers. Yeah, and the one thing that stood out for me was the 44 yards gained by Atlanta on the ground. To me, this is a Green Bay team, they're more successful if they're running Aaron Jones, who's going to probably go tonight. But again, still dealing with, I believe, a hamstring issue. So you want to see him in the lineup if you're the Green Bay Packers to have some success here tonight. Uh, but overall, I think the Detroit defense is far better than that one outlier against the Seattle Seahawks. When you take a look at the fact that this team limited uh, the Kansas City Chiefs to 20 points on their home field, that might be the lowest point total the Chiefs end up scoring all year at Arrowhead. So just something to pay attention to. I think this defense has not gotten enough credit, Patrick, in terms of what they're capable of and how competitive they can be in keeping the lines in games. No, you nailed it. You really did because they jumped out last week against Atlanta with seven sacks. They held Atlanta, I mentioned, to 183 total yards. But their defense is top five in run, top five in run D. Um, fifth as far as yards per carry. So they're going to stop you on the run. And again, they started to get pressure. These are two top 10 pressure rate guys, teams, excuse me, defensively, that being the Lions and the Packers, Dustin. So we should start there. I think this is going to be a defensive matchup. 45 is a total. You can find a 45 and a half. We're starting to see it come down a little bit. But a short week, again, two defenses that are going to get to the quarterback. And what is the main concern today? A lot of it is both up front offensively for both the Lions and Packers with injuries. Yeah, I think one note on the pressure situation is that the Lions have been really good offensively on third, third down facing the Blitz, con converting 53.1% of third downs against the Blitz, whereas the Packers are the second worst in the NFL since 2022 at stopping people on third down while blitzing. I think that's an interesting matchup to, to watch tonight. Also, to Amal's point about running the ball, Packers are only averaging three yards a carry this season. That's first, fifth worst in the league at the moment. And the Lions allowed just 3.2 yards per carry. That's fourth best in the NFL. So it's going to be a slug it out type old school NFC North game. A little bit different than we've been used to seeing when Aaron Rodgers is that quarterback. But he's not there anymore, guys. I'm going to keep harping on that. He's not the dude anymore. Throw out the history. One team is better in this matchup. And by the way, the other team, Green Bay, can we discuss the schedule coming into tonight? They have played no, 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 nobody. Well, I think we have officially the most annoying moment on Sharp Money of the week. I'm all sure what the hell was the nut nut nobody out of nowhere. However, you're 100% right. And once the Packers get past the Lions, their schedule lightens up even more. I, I want to go back to something you said about the quarterback play, Dustin, because the underlying numbers of Jordan Love are horrific. Yes. Completion percentage-wise, there's one player on the planet worse than Jordan Love. You know who it is? Zach Wilson. We've talked about him. C-P-O-E, completion percentage above expectation. There's nobody, including Justin Fields, worse than Jordan Love. Here's what the Green Bay Packers have done all year. They throw the ball deep. They try to run the football. Anything else, it's not going to go down. Now, Watson coming back today, Amal, could be a big lift for potentially trying to hit some of those deep shots. But Love, his underlying numbers, while he only has one pick, not great. 
No, you're absolutely right about that. You pointed it out. I mean, his statistical numbers are worse than Justin Fields, which doesn't bode well based on the way Fields has played so far. You mentioned Watson getting back in the lineup. He's got a hamstring issue. Guys, I think the real benefit with Watson coming back, and he's not going to be at full speed, but as errant as Jordan Love has been, he might actually be able to hit him with some throws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is... I mean, he's a big addition, and I think yeah. you said it yesterday, Amal, and, and, and Dustin, we were discussing this a little bit earlier. You know, Aaron Jones may be one of those underrated superstars that isn't discussed enough, and his return, remember, the hamstring in week one, he's missed the last two weeks. That's hampered the offense. If he returns and gives them a modicum of what Aaron Jones is, that makes all the difference in the world. The big concern is Bakhtiari, that left side of the offensive line with Bakhtiari and Jenkins, could be completely gone. If Hutchinson is roaming and he's over there, it could be ugly for that offensive front of the Packers. There, there's no question about it. You look at the three out of the last four years, Aaron Jones has been the starter for now. This is the fifth season. And three of those four years, he's gone over 1,000 yards. You go back to 2019, he had 16 rushing touchdowns. Patrick, to me, I think because you talked about it the other day when you said how big of a shadow Aaron Jones, um, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers cast over the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur. Now that Rodgers is gone, I think you'll start to see guys like Jones get the due credit that they've been deserving for a long time. This is a guy, forget the yardage in terms of what he's compiled, hasn't had a ton of attempts, but most impressive is his 5.1 yards per career average in terms of carry. That is an impressive number. Anytime you can get that out of a running back. Yep. And Jordan Love is going to need it in this game for a multitude of reasons. His inconsistency in terms of throwing the football. We don't know how effective Christian Watson can be on a hamstring injury, particularly a speed guy. And then you factor it in with the fact, uh, com excuse me, combined with Detroit's offensive prowess so far, you want to keep them off the field. The best way to do it is run the football. If you can get to four, six, four, eight yards per carry for your career, you're starting to get into rarefied air. If you can get to five, you're starting to get into whoa type territory. That's Barry Sanders and Aaron Jones has been tremendous. I think that's a great point by you. Uh, again, I think it's going to be ugly. We just shorten it up. NFC North, uh, you know, again, Digging into Goff and what that offensive coordinator's done with him it has been incredible. Goff has been, I think i got to give him all credit here, Goff has been better with the underlying numbers than you suspect. Now, he has struggled outdoors in prime time, which is what we look to. I think Montgomery returning for the Lions tonight combined with Gibbs, I think it's going to be a pretty basic big guy game plan for them. Yeah, I, I think that... They also benefited last week when they played Atlanta of not having to do too much to walk away with the win. They didn't have to open up the playbook very much. I think a lot of that is going to be saved for tonight for Green Bay off the short week. I think we could see some interesting stuff from that offense, and I just trust them more to find the end zone. Just getting started. We'll hit the splits and see where the money is going over at vcent.com when we return. And also, I've got to play on the total. I know the boys have a play as well for Thursday Night Football. Week four kicks off tonight in Green Bay. It's a good one. The Lions at the Packers. Lions lane two. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, vibes during the break, bright eyed and bushy tailed. All right, let's open up all the mics for this because we need some, I need some help from my boys. We, Sharp Money, is trailing in our little contest amongst the shows. So let's go ahead and give a pitch. Bill AD has put up $1,000 of his own cash. It's a Circus Sportsbook Super Bowl futures ticket for the show. And Follow the Money right now is winning. It's for the show that can accrue the most, I guess, promo codes, right? Sharp money. Get the most people to sign up. 40% off right now when you sign up. Here's what I can do. My my sell is this. For 40% off, which isn't going to last, and then I'll go to a mall, then we'll go to Dustin. It's not going to last... You're going to save 40% off on everything we offer, including the picks. So if you just want the picks, you're getting 40% off right now. You get the guides. The hockey guide just dropped today. So you want to win betting hockey this year. It, it's not going to last. So you might as well shine up for 40% and hook us up with the promo code SHARP to do so. That would be my sell. I'm all Europe. Well, I wanted Dustin to go next because mine's going to kind of violate the spirit of the game. But it doesn't matter. I'm about winning. All right, mine would be I'm also going to give you an additional offer here and keeping with the 40% off theme. If you help us win and you can prove to me you signed up with Sharp, I will send you a photo album where I'm only wearing 40% of my clothes. You can choose which ones. Well, there goes a few subscribers. I got one that's better for you, Patrick. Here's what we're going to do. This is going to be split among the crew and ourselves. Dustin, I don't know how many total people we have on here, but I will tell you right now, if you sign up using the promo code SHARP and you're one of those people, we're going to give you 10% of this ticket. Whether it's the Chiefs, the Eagles, the 49ers, it doesn't go. make a difference. You come sign up with us. We are going to give like you 10%. You're in. You're in. You're okay. part of it. You, what, what, you got you got skins in the game. What's it called? Here, where you everyone owns the property? Like one of those uh, uh, timeshare? It's a timeshare. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're no, not no, no. as bad of a timeshare. We're <laughs> sitting here. We're gonna help you make money. Help us help you. Commune. Here, here's what we'll do. Dustin, give out your work email address, and then if they send <laughs> us confirmation yes. that they signed up with Sharp, then we'll put we'll put them in on the deal. It's a mall Shaw. At, no, it's <laughs> dsweedelson <laughs> at vison.com. Oh, you know what? That just reminds me. I freaking forgot to do the compliance training. Let's do tomorrow. You, you got 24 it. hours. Uh, Rogers Goulet, I swear to you guys, I'm going to get it in. It do just it. takes me longer than most. Do it while watching the game. I did it while watching Monday Night Football. That helped I, me just do it. How about how about Bill AD flexing that he put up $1,000 of his own money? Once he sold, he could find $1,000 in his couch cushions. Are you freaking <laughs> kidding me? Like, Bill, Bill, we were just surprised it was so nominal. Come on, Bill, step it up a little bit. I heard about the house you just bought. The house you just bought my Mark Wahlberg blush, okay? <laughs> so we got Thursday Night Football. I, do, you guys, do you guys get, like... It generally starts to happen. I think some people with Amazon Prime, like my father and the oldsters and the old heads, where they get a little confused as to where to find it, get annoyed by it. You start to hear the backlash about Thursday Night Football, it seems, fellas, like later in the year when people get frustrated where it's like, do we really need Thursday Night Football? I'm actually into it. I think you're going to agree with me, big guy. I'm into it just to have the aesthetic on in the background. I don't have a problem with it, but there are hardcore, not just sports bettors, but just football fans in general that get pissed about this this Thursday night game, I should say. Oh, I know Dustin's into it. For me, the only issue is, and this is the only complaint I have about living on the West Coast. Remember when Monday Night Football used to start, Patrick, at 9 o'clock? I wish yep. we had a 9 o'clock, which would be a 6, uh, six o'clock Pacific time start. I got to tell you, the 5.15 is a little bit early. 
I mean, that's where they botched, I don't disagree. That's where they botched the Monday night doubleheader to me. Yes, to me, exactly. is why are they going over each other? There should be an early one and a late one. I, I would agree with you there. Other than that, I love the Thursday night football. You know, I was going through the records last year. Remember, Buffalo and New England played the week after Thanksgiving because they both played on Thanksgiving the short week. When you look at the road teams last year, uh, they were 11 wins compared to seven losses. But the first one, the Bills beat the Rams. You had all the time to get ready for that. So... I don't think you can put too much stock into whether a team's home or away. To me, I just wish it was a little bit later of a start time. The games are pretty good. The one thing, I don't know where you guys come out on this, guys, later in the season, late November, December, there's more injuries. The short week just seems to be a bit of a sloppy and rugged game compared to what you get in September and early October. Yeah, and we didn't get to the beefs, but I will tell you, just kind of piggybacking on what you're both saying about those Monday night games, like my beef is an in-game better, and Amal, I know you like to get involved live as well. We need to stagger. It's not just an hour. That's not good enough. That second game on Monday night needs to start as soon as they're going to the halftime break for the first game. So then at least you know you're going to get – I when I'm live betting, I like to focus on one game in particular. Fezzik taught me that years and years ago. I like to be involved with one game, so I like to max at least give me a first half of that first Monday night game and then I can start while watching the second game while you give me that 20 minutes of halftime and then I know that second game I'm going to get it alone standalone for essentially the second half we need to stagger it better on those Monday nights if we're going to have the double header fair completely agree with you I wish on Monday night football what was it a 7 15 eastern start time and I believe 8 15 I don't know why you just don't go with hey roughly 90 minutes uh, actually probably go about 80 minutes so that way if the game final two minutes of the drive you watch and then you switch over to the other game for people that may not be watching on multiple screens. I, I'm just not a big fan of kind of overlapping two-thirds of the football game. No, no. You can't do it. Can't, it, it. It was a ridiculous premise. I mean, even me with four screens going, I can watch anything I want. I still would prefer if there's two standalone games to focus on them separately. And then Thursday night football is so important because just the balance of your schedule, Right. All week we're looking forward to football. That's all that happens this time of year. All we care about is when is the next football. Give me my hit. Let me sit, like appreciate it and enjoy it. And then when's the next one coming? And because of Thursday night football, it breaks up the week better. You have Monday night. You can still discuss it on Tuesday. Wednesday's kind of an in-between, like, catch your breath day. And then you get right back into it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think for the balance of the week, you need Thursday. Okay. Well, we've talked about, obviously, the condensed week. You shorten it up. You shorten up the playbook a little bit. Division rivals. I'm taking a look tonight at the total boys. Just as an aside, night games this year, 9-2 and two to the under. We know about the under statistics when it comes to Thursday night football. But specifically, these two defenses is what I'm pointing to. Both defenses, both the Packers and Lions, have allowed fewer than five yards per play. Both defenses, top 10 in pressure rate. And the pressure rate is important here because of, even though Decker is going to play, that offensive front of the Lions is still banged up, so you don't know what you're going to get from them. The offensive line of the Packers, we know the left side's essentially barren right now. So you take the offensive lines being a mess, both defenses, top 10 pressure rates. And frankly, you know, this is a very good, a top five run D for the Lions, uh, top five as far as yards per carry. And it's really just, this is the first national primetime game for Jordan Love. We talked about his underlying numbers not being spectacular. You wonder how he's going to perform in this spot. I, I just, the under, to me, I had the under set right around 42 and a half. Once you're starting to look at 45, I found a 45 and a half earlier today. I'll go ahead and lay it, especially with the Lions starting to pop against Atlanta with the seven sacks. I expect that to continue here. And the Lions, sorry to go long here, while they're the 11th, they have the 11th most, most rush yards in total this year if you watched them they really haven't exploded offensively they haven't exploded on the ground and if you want to take advantage of the Packers that run D of the Packers is their weakness uh, again the Lions didn't do anything in the second half against Atlanta I expect that to carry over on a short week I'll go under the 45 so I went back and looked Thursday night football last year how did we do with scoring I wanted to see what these normal totals ended up falling on I did the average of all 17 weeks, and your average total in Thursday night football a year ago was 40.41 points scored per game. However, I would tell you the number is a little bit skewed. Why? In week seven, we had the Cardinals hosting the Saints, and Arizona won 42-34. to 34. That is wow. 76 total points in that game. Take that away, and the number is much lower. So 
I kind of think your vibe on the under makes a lot of sense. I, I think if you're Green Bay, you don't win a higher scoring game. I think if you're going to have an opportunity to win tonight, you have to play a lower scoring game. The one thing I will point to, Patrick, you talked about the seven sacks the Lions had last week. This Green Bay offensive line, despite being banged up back to Yari Jenkins, uh, they've done a pretty good job so far. I believe they've just given up three sacks on the season. Now you're going to face a different front. Let's be real here. The Bears aren't getting after anybody. Uh, Atlanta did a decent job. But at the same time, I, I don't want to put too much stock. New Orleans is good in terms of what they're able to do defensively, not necessarily always the best at pressuring the quarterback. But uh, this is a game I like your play on the under here. For, guys, we're talking about 46 points between two teams who, who especially Detroit's capable of scoring. But they've played lower scoring games, 41 points on the road in Arrowhead. We saw last weekend, what was that, 23 points against the Falcons? Run the football if you're Green Bay. That's your best chance with Aaron Jones if he's in the lineup. We could have a ton of incompletions here tonight with uh, Jordan Love. I, I think this is a game that tends to uh, trends towards defense. I'm with you on this one, Patrick. I like the under. If you can get 45 and a half, what a gift. And as we point to some of the props, I know, Big Guy, you've got a bunch of props on tonight's matchup. I would be careful. Gibbs, who was good, he's been a bit disappointing. We've talked about the burst. The burst is there. He just seems a little unsure of himself thus far. 17 rushes against the Falcons for 80 yards. So it's good as far as average. Very good. Montgomery's going to steal some of those again. So I know that that number had come off. Big Guy, I don't know if you took a look earlier. DraftKings had pulled a bunch of the running backs on their props earlier today. Yeah, I did not see. When I looked, I didn't see running backs listed at that time. Okay, let's come back with some of the props tonight on Thursday Night Football as we kick off week four. Lions, Packers, you see the number two and the total 45. You can find a 45 and a half. We're back. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Sports Bet app right now. It's HOFBets.com. And when you do, use the code WINNER and get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. We're back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Money. <laughs> Patrick Maher. I could. I wish I would be uh, Patrick Money. Maybe that would be a good. That would be a good synonym. Or what do they call it? Not a Sta synonym. Stage but name, a pseudonym. Yes, yeah, pseudonym. Like I, I, I work on Visa and I'm Patrick Money. How about that? The under, by the way, cashed in both of these meetings between the Packers and Lions last year. If you throw out the Seattle game, which I understand it's just three weeks in, you can't. But the Lions. Uh, are giving up just 12 and a half points per again division rival six and three to the under the past nine these two have played I do like that under 45 and a half big guy we'll go to you and we've got a bunch coming up as far as guests let me just tease it out here coming up in about 14 minutes Adam Brenneman does a great job CBS Sports Big Ten Network college football analyst is going to join Emery Hunt CBS Sports is going to join Matt Sims is going to join as well, SiriusXM, NFL Radio, of course, Phil and Chris, the whole family getting involved in broadcast. So we're going to be joined by Matt Sims. Shout to our buddy Josh Applebaum, who's under the weather and uh, had to shut down today, but we hope he feels better. Let's go to the big guy as far as props on uh, the week four opener with Detroit at the Packers and Lambeau. Also, Mike Samich, who's sick. He's sickly obsessed with the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. It's really annoying. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, it's, it is an obsession that is odd, but it is also, listen, it's, we work mostly, and it's starting to become more inclusive where women are getting involved, which I love to see in the sports betting space. But we work with a bunch of dudes, and dudes will fall on the sword that is pride. And once Ego gets involved and he's hung his hat on Jordan Love with absolutely booty-up statistics, and he keeps on just sending us gifts and reminding us that Jordan Love is all of a sudden Joe Montana. Take it easy, Samich, and tomorrow, if the Packers roll like he just texted us, we'll give you every opportunity 
to pimp all over the show, yeah. no doubt. Samich, I will bet you a body part or organ of my cho- of your choosing from my body that you can have donated, other than my kidneys, because I'm probably going to be diabetic at some point. I need both of those things. You can have either of them if Jordan Love wins a Super Bowl as the starting quarterback. Okay, you're going to give body part. You're going to give organs. He can have a body Samich. part, an organ, whatever he needs. He can have it, except for my kidneys. He's a good dude. You could probably just buy him dinner, but okay, you can go organs <laughs> if that's what but that's what floats your boat. All right, anything in the prop market yeah. for you? So there's Again, two- if you're looking for running backs right now, DraftKings and the rest of the shops are very smart. Everything's down because they don't know who's playing, who's not as far as the backs. Yeah, so there's two I like. The first one is Luke Musgrave over three and a half receptions for Green Bay. It's actually a plus price right now, plus 114. So last week I saw the Falcons targeted their tight ends 47% of the time against the Lions. That's the highest in the NFL for last week. The league average is normally about 19%. So I went back and looked, and apparently this is a weak spot in this Lions defense because Noah Gray and Blake Bell without Travis Kelsey had a solid performance where they they combined for five receptions and 43 yards, two guys that barely play. Then Seattle's tight ends, Disley and Fant went off, and Jonu Smith and Pitts went off. So through three weeks, the average uh, that Detroit's allowing to tight ends, 7.3 receptions, 70 yards per game. I'm going to go over three and a half receptions for Luke Musgrave, who has three against Chicago for 50, three at Atlanta for 25, and then last week against New Orleans, he got more acclimated into this offense, six for 49. That's the first problem. Well, it's two good ones because Laporta and Musgrave, of course, both rookies rank first and second respectively in both catches and receiving yards amongst rookie tight ends, so starting well. The Lions, they're starting to get away from the mold of Matt Patricia where all of a sudden in 2021 he wanted big, lumbering, slow linebackers, which makes sense in a pass-first league. So that's been an issue, middle of the field against tight ends, but they're starting to get a little quicker at the position, but I don't hate that. What's two? The next one is Josh Reynolds, over two and a half receptions as well. I looked at how Green Bay's been defending how I view the number two receivers on some of these teams so far to start the year. Mooney had four for 53, Matt Collins had three for 60, and Michael Thomas, I'd make him the two, but Olavi went off two last week for New Orleans. Thomas had six for 50. Still no Jamison Williams. Reynolds is in that number two role. You can debate him or Khalif Raymond, but I think he has a little bit more rapport with Jared Goff at this point because they go back to their days with the Rams. I think for Green Bay, especially if Jair Alexander's out, the focus will be on stopping Amon Ross St. Brown. They will put all of their resources to make sure that St. Brown doesn't go off against them and Laporta doesn't keep this going. I think that opens up a few opportunities for Josh Reynolds to make plays. He's also coming off a game a week ago where he had zero targets. I like betting on those guys who are coming off a performance like that because I think it will be an emphasis to get him involved early. So we're going to go over two and a half. He's also performed really well whenever Jamison Williams hasn't been in the lineup over the last two years. Reynolds over two and a half receptions. Question for both of you because I know you guys play a lot more props than I do. How do you look at from the initial market or number of props available and kind of hone in on what you want to take? Is there kind of like, for me, I, I used to do a lot of running back props. Um, I don't do pass-catching ones unless it's maybe a yardage in terms of number of receptions. That's one I've never gotten involved in. But how do you kind of narrow down what you're going to take? I like receptions more than receiving yards. I feel like they, they are more easier to predict. Than yeah, you can judge targets. Yards. Sure. Yeah, sure. exactly. You can and, absolutely judge targets. And I like uh, offenses that get the ball out quickly, yeah. and that's something that uh, – Jared Goff definitely does, gets the ball quickly to receivers. So it's certain things I look for. If you notice, I'll do a lot of reception props. I won't do a ton of rushing yards. I'll do rush attempts. I won't do rushing yards. I, I, I think those are a little harder to predict. A simple one for me, just to give an example, is when I'm looking at sacks, I don't look at the number of sacks a player has. I look at pressures because the pressures eventually will lead to sacks. That's just kind of where it happens. And the depth at offensive tackle tonight for the Packers will be tested without Bakhtiari, without Jenkins. And you look at somebody like Aiden Hutchinson, he's first in the NFL mall with 19 total pressures entering week four. So you look at him on the Asian handicap right now in the sacks market over at DraftKings, he's a quarter at minus 105. I'll go over that, assuming that those 19 pressures eventually leads to sacks. So I look at something like that as an out, as something that leads to, not necessarily, sometimes a sack can be misleading, but pressure is not necessarily misleading if that makes sense and i also rarely look at the main guys in the offense i'm trying to find 
those guys with a lower number, where if the game script or the game plan or the matchup plays into them being able to go off a little bit easier, I don't have to clear a high number. Well, I like Patrick's pick on uh, Aiden Hutchison tonight because, to me, when you look at this game, if you believe what I believe, which is that Detroit's probably going to win the football game, it's not definitive, but I think if they're trailing, you would have more opportunities from a pass rush, per, uh, pass, excuse me, pass rush perspective because you're going to be trailing in the football game, you're going to be throwing the ball. So that's always something you want to take into consideration when you're looking at some of these props. I just still feel like, for me, a lot of times, uh, props have some great value, and I know so many of our guests come on, they have prop plays. I still look at so many of these lines and so many of the other things. I think there's advantage there. But you guys have kind of nicely honed in on some of the opportunities in the prop market. The, by the way, that has become a meme, not just with Chris Collinsworth, but other broadcasters trying to say pass rush, <laughs> saying pass rush. Like, it's like my, when my mom tries to say Channing Tatum and she says Tanning Chatum. It's, it's an issue for not just a mall, but apparently Westbrook. everybody trying to say that. Russell Westbrook, what are you talking about? Uh, Russell, 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 Westbrook. Russell, Russell Westbrook. Say it all the time. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. I've never heard that one before. No, I, I've always accidentally slipped that one up. Yeah, I, I think we need a different term for it. That's all. We just need a different term for pass rush. Hey, good news. You won't have to say Russell Westbrook much this year. <laughs> is he on a team? <laughs> He'll be on the bench anywhere he is. <laughs> And speaking of which, the, the fallout in Miami, it feels like <laughs> yeah. the deal was a bigger deal for Miami not getting Dame Lillard oh. than it was for Milwaukee actually getting the services yeah. of Dollar Dame, right? Like, every, that's the only conversation. I mean, I understand that's where we are in new media, and that's kind of what the narrative has been that he's going to end up in Miami. A lot of it has to do with the hubris of Pat Riley. Pat Riley essentially said, hey, Portland, here's the offer. Go ahead and shop for a better one. Portland's like, yeah, we did. <laughs> so they went out and shopped for a better one. Like Riley was unwilling to budge because that's just who he is at that age. And it's Pat Riley. So what are you going to do? But Riley was unwilling to budge. And the Portland Trailblazers said, hold my beer, and went and found what they considered to be a better deal. I, I think this move helps them immensely. You get a big man in Aiton. You also bring in Drew Holiday. And i got to tell you, one thing I want to amend a statement I made yesterday. I thought when you look at Milwaukee, they're going to be appreciably better. I don't think so. There's one area that I forgot. Drew Holiday is probably the best on-ball yeah. defender in basketball. And as good as Dame is as a closer, and he's a great player, free throw line, three-point shooting, what he can do and stretch the floor, um, you're going to miss an immensely the on-ball defense that Drew Holiday gives you. I agree. I agree. And didn't you tell me Drew Holiday, the 76ers were looking to trade for him, big guy? Saw the 76ers were interested. One note about your, your thing about Miami. I didn't realize part of heat culture was being a whiny little almost cursed. Are we not allowed to say that? Are you bitter? Oh, I just think that Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler, like, calling out collusion is the lamest thing ever. You have no one to trade! Adam Brenneman next, talking college football. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, how about this? Bet on tonight's NFL game and you're a new better over at DraftKings. You bet $5. We'll give you $200 instantly when you use the promo code SHARP. It's that simple. Of course, new customers, five bucks, $200. DraftKings, official partner of the NFL. Use that code SHARP tonight. Download the DraftKings app. The crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in a very impressive dude, Adam Brenneman, CBS Sports and Big Ten Network college football analyst. He also has the podcast Next Up with Adam Brenneman, a ton of guests that are just very impressive. Also, it's a very impressive human being, very philanthropic, five-star recruit, the number one tight end in the nation coming out, went to Penn State, UMass, Arizona State. But how about all Catch the Cure, a fundraiser to raise awareness for ALS, and on and on, just very impressive. So we'll start there. Congratulations on all your success and the philanthropic endeavors, Adam. Let's start with the podcast next up with Adam Brenneman, because you talked to Kalen DeBoer, who's done an amazing job there at Washington, and you also talked to Michael Penix Jr. They're the seventh-ranked team in the country. What stood out when talking to those two? I appreciate you guys having me on. That's the best intro I've ever received, so I'm going to need to hire you to come come on the podcast (laughs) and record that, man. That's that's pretty good. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean... You know, Washington, when they joined the Big Ten, uh, invited me out for for a couple of days during training camp. And, uh, you know, it, it was a really cool experience of all the schools and places I was able to go to this offseason and kind of do the, the coaches tour in college football. Washington was the most welcoming and excited that we came uh, of anywhere I was. And, and you know, Kalen DeBoer is doing a great job. You can just feel the culture out there and, and, and the kind of program he's building. I think it's really one of the more underrated jobs um, that a coach has done in college football. I mean, he, he's built that place. To, I, I think you, you can make the argument that they're, that they're one of the top programs in college football right now. I put them at fourth in my top 25 this week. Uh, I think I saw some people had them at number one. So uh, they're, they're, they're building the program the right way and they have a lot of talent. I mean, Hey, I, I always say in college football, if you have a quarterback, you got a chance and they, they have one of the best in the country and Michael Penix jr. I think right now the Heisman front runner, the way he's played that, that offense is one of the best I've seen in my time covering college football. So uh, it's a, it's a really cool place. I don't know if you guys have been, I mean, yeah. that, that, setting, it's incredible. that setting at Washington is also one of the best settings in college. I mean, I, I walked out of the field. It was, you know, my jaw dropped. You're, you're looking overlooking the lake. It's beautiful in Seattle. It's a re- really cool place. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, Adam, Lake Washington, I, you were sitting there probably reconsidering going to state colleges. You're like, hey, maybe I should have gone to UW. That view is <laughs> just. Like, uh, what, what, what the heck did I do wrong, man? I should have. This is where I should have been. <laughs> Or, or, it's or, shocking. Yeah, I should have at least taken an official visit. There's no question. <laughs> it, really, about it. it really is shocking. The campus is nestled right there, Amal, yeah. in downtown Seattle. But then Lake Washington is right behind the stadium. It's actually shocking when you see it. it, it it's absolutely unbelievable. Adam, I want to ask you about your uh, alma mater, Penn State, uh, the trio back there, yeah. Aller, Catron Allen, Nick, Nick Singleton. Tell me what you think about them so far, what they've been able to do. And let's be real here. They're going to be measured by two games, Ohio State and Penn State. How do you think they match up? Because I, I think for my – I don't know where you come out, but this is an incredible combination. But are they still maybe a year away from reaching their apex? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I think it, when you look at the Big Ten right now and how those teams have played, the Big Three, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, I think you have a case for Penn State being the most complete team uh, that, that, that we've seen so far. Now, they haven't been tested. Uh, you know, Ohio State had to play Notre Dame, so uh, they had that test. Penn State hasn't. Um, but as far as Drew Aller, I, I think the job Drew Aller's done at that quarterback position as a young guy who's, who is his first year as, the, as the, the true starter, hasn't played a ton of snaps, the amount of poise and experience and the experience it looks like he's had back there, just he's so confident and brings this calming nature to the Penn State offense 
he, he can make every throw possible. Uh, it, 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 he's an impressive guy. And I think his best stat so far is zero turnovers. Hasn't turned the football over. They've been explosive on offense, averaging 40 points a game, 450 yards a game. And the, any, any young quarterback's best friend is a great run game. They have two of the best running backs in the country in Catron Allen and Nick Singleton in the backfield. That offensive line is really impressive. Olu Fashanu is their left tackle who came back, who could have been a top 10 pick in last year's draft, but decided to come back to school. So uh, Penn State's complete, man. They, 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 got a, they got a good squad. The defense, is, the defense shut out Iowa um, you know, in, in the whiteout game. Defense has, has a ton of athletes that fly around. My only concern with Penn State, you asked about the matchup, I'm not sure that Penn State's defensive line matches up with Penn, with Ohio State and Michigan. That's my concern. They're a little light on the in the at the interior defensive lineman. I do think Penn State matches up better with Ohio State than they do with Michigan. I think Michigan will be a tough battle for them. It was last year. Uh, I think Penn State can beat Ohio State. Uh, I, I really do. And and at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting to see how the, those games play out. The, the the Big Ten and the road to the playoff for the Big Ten runs through those three, the, the Ohio State-Michigan, uh, Ohio State-Penn State, and Michigan-Penn State. So th- those are going to be the games that kind of uh, um, you know determine how this thing plays out for the college football playoff. Adam Brenneman here, Sharp Money, CBS Sports, Big Ten Network. Of course, the podcast next up with Adam Brenneman. You know what's fascinating about Aller Boys? He took off his helmet. He looked like a little kid. And then you realize he's 19 years old and Michael Penix Jr. is 23 years old. Like Aller is just, he's still a teenager, which is wild. Adam, I want to just give me your takeaways from the Ohio State 17-14 winner at Notre Dame. Takeaways for both teams. Uh, I think for Ohio State, you got to start with Kyle McCord. I, I had a lot of doubts about Kyle McCord going into this season. Uh, I thought the fact that Kyle McCord had been there for as long as he has and didn't win that quarterback job sooner or more definitively or more outright was a concern because uh, it, you know, for a guy who's been there a while and been there a few years in the program, you know, you kind of want that guy to be like the no brainer starter when he, when, when, when the job's open and he wasn't. Um, I think it's a testament to Devin Brown, their backup, who who um, was competing for the job. So I had a lot of concerns going into this season and even going into last week. Uh, it's the reason I picked Notre Dame last week to win that game was because I didn't believe in Colin McCord. He proved me wrong. Uh, in that final drive, when Ohio State needed it the most, um, it, they, they needed a they needed a I think it was a third and ten they needed a third, fourth down and seven I think and a third down and nineteen and he converted all of them with throws. Uh, in the biggest moment, put the team on his back and let, let him down the field. And that completely changes the trajectory for the season for Ohio State and changes the narrative around him as a starting quarterback. Every single time they're in that position now the rest of the season, that team will have belief in him as a quarterback and say he did it before. Tom Accord can get us to the promised land and lead us to victory. So I think that was just a monumental game for Tom Accord. We'll look back in two years at his career at Ohio State and think about that game as a turning point. Um, for Notre Dame, I, I still think that they have a really good team. Sam Hartman brings a completely different dynamic to that offense, uh, makes them much more explosive and efficient. Uh, you know, the, how you have 10 guys on the field the last two plays of the game is inexcusable, should never happen. Um, I can see why it happens uh, uh, from my coaching days of how, how things can get confused in, in personnel and, you know, what do you do in that situation from a, from a coaching standpoint? How do you get out of it with no timeouts? Um, there's a lot of, a lot of learning to be done for Notre Dame that that game's going to sting for a long time, but I think Marcus Freeman's done a really good job and, and having a guy like Sam Hartman helps, helps a lot. So I, I'm far from, uh, you know, I, I think, I think Notre Dame still has everything they want to do in front of them this season. They, they just need to go win out, win out the rest of the year. Adam, you brought up the co- uh, the quarterback situation in Columbus, and then we had a similar one in Tuscaloosa. Do you think nowadays, because of the transfer portal, head coaches are less likely to name a starter, even if it's definitive in their eyes, because they don't want a player entering the portal? We saw the same thing with Tyler Buckner and Simpson down at Alabama. I always thought Jalen Milrow was going to be the guy, and it seems like what we've seen in the first two games, I don't even know how there was a quarterback competition in Columbus. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Alabama quarterback situation is, is I'm sure that that's, that's dressing Nick Saban out every, every week. I mean, it hasn't been pretty, you know, Jalen's Jalen's played well. Um, I, I think for the most part, I know he's gotten a lot of flack, but I, I mean, it's not even close when you look at the other guys. So um, at the end of the day, 
so much of, of the management in college football for head coach is about roster management. It's all about talent acquisition uh, and, and, and keeping that talent during their career. It, it's, you know, a, a head coach told me one time college football is 80% talent acquisition and 20% talent development, which is a, which is a crazy number to think about, but it really is about keeping those guys on your team and keeping the depth there. So it'd be naive to say that that that's not part of the conversation and the thought that goes into those coaching meetings. And it's, it, it stings because it kind of puts players and coaches on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to their, mm-hmm. you know, their incentives when, when it, in, in training camp and competitions. But now coaches have to think about that transfer portal window and, and, and maybe not make decisions until the window closes and guys aren't able to transfer. And, um, you know, we've seen it all over the country play out. Alabama has kind of magnified it a little bit, but yeah, it's a, it's a certainly for college football head coaches and coordinators and position coaches, you are thinking 24 seven about how to make sure one, you can get the best players in from recruiting Two, you can get the best guys in from the portal. And three, how do you keep your guys on the team? How do you retain the talent on your roster? It is a 24 seven thought for, for college football coaches. I wish I was Adam Brenneman's agent because his future is bright. Adam Brenneman, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. We're coming back with the dog pound. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.